Hey, good evening, everybody. How's it going? So good to see you all here on this wonderful Saturday evening. Welcome to everybody, church online, around the world, wherever you are joining us from. We love you, and we are so glad that you are with us as well. Now, we are uh, doing something a little bit different this week. Um, I, I know that many of you have been really loving and enjoying this CrossFit series and if you are here, somebody's like, you ought to come to our church, we're doing this CrossFit series. I have great news and I have a little bit of a bad news. The great news is we got two more power packed weeks and you're gonna love them. The bad news is this is not one of them. We are pushing pause. We're gonna call timeout because part of physical fitness and part of CrossFit is you need a time of rest. Actually, that's not true at all. It's not what I'm gonna talk about. Uh, but we are going to, uh, because COVID has messed everything up in, in our schedule, we usually do a vision weekend at the end of 20, uh, at the end of every year. We did not do that. And we are going to be doing that this weekend. And so this weekend, I wanna reboot kind of an old vision and, and upgrade and update us on where we're at and what God is doing in our church, in our community. Um, and because of the schedule that we had and the holidays and COVID, and I'm about to have a baby uh, and all of these things. Yeah, it's uh, any day now. That's very real. Um, well, I'm not. My wife is actually going to do all the work. Um, but so we're just going to push pause. We're going to go back to week three for CrossFit next week. Um, but this week, I want to uh, um, update you. And for many of you, you've been here less than a year. This will be brand new to you. For some of you, this will sound maybe a little bit familiar. But this is our vision 2021 weekend. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, and, uh, and I want to just uh, bring you into a conversation, and I want to let you know what's happening, and I want to invite you to continue to be a part of what God has been doing in our city, and I want to maybe um, compel you to think maybe differently about why God has you in Cape Coral at the time, and maybe, just maybe, he has a little bit more purpose in your life than you maybe even think. And so um, we launched our year this year just a, a month and a half ago with our brand new series called Brand New in January. And, and we felt that God gave us a scripture that was really for us to continue to look back to and lean back into throughout this entire year. And, and, we've, and we are already seeing this play out in so many people's lives. And it's out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says this, God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Say new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Thank you, DC Talk. Uh, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I believe that God is up to something new in, in, in his church, but I believe and I've, we're seeing God do some really new things and shifting in personal lives. And the new thing that God is doing is we don't have anything super brand new for our church, but what we're still, what we're still doing is seeing him do something brand new in so many individuals' lives. And the new that he is doing is healing and restoration and freedom, and joy, and peace, and purpose, and he's putting marriages back together, and he's bringing people out of kind of this funk, and we want to continue to see God and be a part of the new that God is doing in our lives. How many of you could think of at least one area where you'd be like, yeah, I, I could use God to do something new in my life? Yeah. Well, this is good news. This is good news. And so um, how are we going to go about that? That's what our vision is about, is we are a church that from day one has existed to introduce people to Jesus, to reach people who don't know Jesus, to, to maybe deconstruct some extra stuff that man made to make it hard to get to Jesus. And that is what we have been about. And so if you're new here, I'm gonna give you just a super brief history lesson because the, the ground that you are sitting on, the, 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 the church that you are sitting in this weekend, even if you're just visiting, is just built on big faith and, and massive transformational life change. 
We're gonna celebrate 34 years as a church this Easter. 1987 was our very, yeah, it's incredible. 34 years. Um, 1987, elementary school, this was our very first service. We started with three families. Um, it started with a core group of 37, and we had 60 first-time visitors in our very first service all the way in 1987. And we saw from the very first week this church started, we saw people who didn't know Jesus give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And it started day one, and it's been that ever since. And one of the coolest parts about this picture is that man who led this church, Pastor Dennis Gingrich, is sitting right here, still a part of this church, still a part of the staff. Him and Linda have been incredible. Uh, and uh, I'm watching him do like the transition. I'm like, dude, he's just the master. He's just like, he's such a pastor. Um, I want to be like you when I grow up for so many reasons, Dennis. Um, but, uh, but, but this was our vision. And, and, and listen, in 1987, there weren't a lot of churches talking about, let's reach people who don't go to church. Let's reach people who don't know Jesus. Let's, let's have a contemporary service for people who maybe wouldn't normally go to another church. And so the truth and, and, the, and the story of our church is for 14 years, we set up and tore down for every single weekend in an elementary school. Had a setup team, had a teardown team, but we saw a lot of growth. And um, before Cape Coral had even grown to the West, there were just projections that it was gonna grow to, the, grow to the West, but the staff and leadership team saw God doing something big in our city through Cape Christian. And so we began to purchase this property. And if you don't know the story, it took a decade to get this property. It was 48 different individual residential properties over three city blocks. Uh, it took 10 years to get every single one of them. And there was huge faith because if any one of those owners decided not to sell to a church, and a couple tried uh, not to, um, it never would have happened. But in 1999, we broke ground. And in 2000, we had our first service right here in this building. Uh, and it was just this building and, and a bunch of, of grass. And that's all we had. And um, just, just slowly but surely, our numbers grew. Uh, we continued to serve our city. We continued to, to just try to be a light in our city. And more and more families were coming to Jesus. Where more and more uh, life stories, life, life transformation stories were happening um, and it was uh, really, really incredible. We continued to experience growth. 10 years later, we added our, our student ministries building with our preschool um, right over here where most of your kids are. Make sure you take them home with you tonight. Uh, and uh, and we, just, we just saw a move of God. This, this church has been always been just kind of marked with, with a move of God. And I can say it because I wasn't here, but I believe that God rewards faithfulness. And when you do the right things the right way, and you and your team, Dennis, and the, and the people who you had as your predecessors did that, and, uh, and so uh, we are experiencing growth. And then about six years ago, I was like, man, we're gonna run out of space. But rather than build something more for us, then we decided to do the park and the cafe so we could bless our city and have a place where families could come. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And so then we did that and we experienced more and more families check out this thing called church. And it's, this is different than I grew up. And I didn't know God was like this and he really loves me. And is it really this simple? I was like, yes, it is. Um, and, uh, and then... We got to this point, that's, that is, that's like my office. Dude, I work here, that is so, all my friends in Nebraska hate me right now. <laughs> Some of you. Uh, and then here's where we are, and this was our reality pre-COVID. That was five times every weekend, that was our reality. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday. Um, we almost hit 4,000 one weekend in February, uh, and we have an online growing experience. We have a kids ministry that's growing, and we are literally out of space. And then the world changed. We were running out of space, and so I worked as hard as I've ever worked. We did three weeks of vision, casting the for everyone vision about how could we be a, continue to be a church for everyone, and we're going to build a building, and we're going to reach more families, and we're going to do this, and then we were ready to have this awesome celebration. We had a party planned, and the world shut down, stopped. Unfortunately, we have had church online and a really good one for quite a while, but that became our new challenge, 
Um, and, and so here we are. And, and, and so we launched this and we got some people like, we're all in. And we had 500 some families um, pledge over $3 million to our campaign. And, and because we're going to need to raise some money to reach more people, uh, but we don't care as much about buildings and we don't care about money. We care about people. So we really only care about money and buildings because we care about people. Does that make sense? We, listen, I know churches are notorious for asking for money. Can I just, I'll just tell you, I'm the CEO. We only care about money and buildings so we can get to people. That's the only reason. So that's, I didn't go into ministry be like, I can't wait to raise funds. No, no, no. I went into ministry because I can't wait to like help see people's lives changed. Um, amen. amen. Yeah, amen is right. So, uh, and what's really cool is even though I am not the founding pastor is the values, the core values and the mission of our church throughout staff transition and, and changes has not wavered that we have always existed to, to reach people uh, who, who are maybe imperfect. In fact, I found, I, I gotta show you this because we found the, the, the original core values from 1987. And I want, I want you to see how much we have been the same, even though how we've gone about it is different. We found these five value statements. This was 1987. Cape Christian, uh, we value those who are curious and seeking God more. So we attempt to make the Bible and faith understandable and culturally relevant to everyday life. That's why we, our stage looks like a gym right now, or usually does. We value unity, but we don't expect everyone to look, act, and think alike. Aren't you so glad that everybody in this room doesn't look and act and think like you? Some of you wish that were true. We're so glad it's not. Um, <laughs> thank you. We value authenticity. This is, I love this. We don't pretend we're perfect. We say this every weekend, don't we? We try to be transparent about the fact that we don't have it all together. It's a place where it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be where you're at and it's okay to come as you are. Jesus is the best at meeting you where you're at. And if we are to be like him, then we should be like that as well, amen? Uh, we, and the next one, last one, we value variety. So we welcome all people, regardless of culture, race, age, religious background, or past mistakes. And I already said it, and I love that you put this in here, Dennis, when you had the vision for it. We value, uh, the last one, we value um, people over buildings because we believe people matter to God more than anything else. Therefore, people matter to us. Uh, and and now, it's, now our values, everyone matters. And so we launched over a year ago a, a, a full, our campaign called For Everyone, and it, and it was about us continuing to be what I just showed you, a church for everyone. And there's two components to this for everyone. First of all, it's really, really simple because we believe that Jesus is the cornerstone and foundation of our faith. Are you with me? If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is it. Well, when we read the life and the story and the teachings of Jesus, Jesus was for everyone. In fact, he notoriously invited the uninvited. He welcomed the unwelcomed. He touched the, so, the, the other ones that were so dirty that no one else would touch or affiliate with. He associated with those who uh, the other society said, you don't associate with them. He sat with the people that no one else was willing to sat with. He even opposed those in power who would use their own power for themselves. Jesus was notoriously for everyone. He was about every single person. In fact, it, ultimately, it's what got him killed. He, this is the craziest part about Jesus' life. He was so good at loving, everybody hated him for it. Have you ever thought about that? He was so good at it that there wasn't a place for him in political power or religion. He, because he was so above all of it, more on that at Easter. But Jesus came for everyone. And so we want to be a church for everyone. We want to have a place for everyone where everyone is welcome. Whether you're a skeptic, whether you're doubting, whether you are a Christian or you're agnostic or you're Muslim or you're a black or white or brown or male or female or even a baby boomer, you're welcome here. Um, <laughs> And millennials too, and everybody else in between, and the busters. And so that's one element. Jesus was for everyone, so we should be for everyone. Okay, ready for, ready for a challenge for a second? 
So if I look back at my life, my attitude, my words, my Facebook posts, would I be known as somebody who's for everyone? Wow. Nobody amen that. <laughs> but if Jesus really was notorious for that, if we're to be like him and bear his image, shouldn't we be notorious for like not agreeing with everyone? not endorsing everyone's behavior, but Jesus had some crazy profound ability to love people without endorsing. No one was like, are you saying that it's okay? That no, he's like, no. He called people to something better because of his love. He called some people, to, it, it, and the Bible says it's, it's his love that, that motivates us to change, not fear and guilt. So if you've ever been to a religious organization, even if it was this one, and there was fear or guilt to get you to do the right thing, I'm really sorry that wasn't the message of Jesus. It's because his love is what ultimately motivates and moves us to want to be the best version of ourselves. That's what it is. The other component of one, of for everyone, and the reason that one is capitalized, because that's a big deal here. Big deal is, is the one. Because we, we are going to continue to keep this in front of us and even do a better job of being intentional about it. But we want every single person who would call themselves a, a disciple or Jesus follower, we say we want everybody to have a one. A one. And here's our evangelism strategy. Not to have amazing services so I can preach good and everybody can come up front at the end. That's not it. You know what our evangelism strategy is? For you to think of one person this year in your life that doesn't know Jesus, that could really use some hope, some joy, some love, some grace from forgiveness, maybe needs a second or a third or a fourth chance. And we're gonna ask you to pray for them on a regular basis. We're gonna ask you to invite them to church. We're gonna ask you to maybe introduce them to Jesus. And we're asking every single person to have a one. And this is what we've done for 34 years is we've grown, we've had good services, but we've grown because our people take it, the message out the doors and everybody has a one. And if everybody reaches one person, our church doubles every year. And we don't do it so our church can be like, oh, look at our church. We do it so we can empty, have, empty hell and, and, and let's, let's fill up heaven, amen? Let's, let, that's, let's push the hell out of people's lives. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Let's experience heaven on earth. And so, so who's your one? And, and maybe you've never noticed this. Maybe you did. But when you walked in um, on your left, when you came in the lobby, there's this giant rack of clothespins. A couple years ago, we talked about how Jesus invites us to be fishers of men. And at the end, we had everybody write their one on a paper clip, and we clipped it to nets all around our campus, and then we collected them and put them out there. Those still get prayed over regularly. I grabbed one. This one just says mom. So somebody somewhere is praying for their mom. I don't know what mom's story is. But Jesus does. And mom apparently needs something good to happen in her life. And so God, we don't know who this is, but we pray for mom right now in your name that you would reveal yourself to her and that you would draw her to you by your love in Jesus' name. What I've gotten to see in the last two years, I saw this a couple months ago. I saw a woman bring in another friend to church and she walked over to the wall and she grabbed a clip and she goes, see this? This is you, I've been praying for you for two years and here you are. And she gave her the clip. That same lady was baptized uh, a couple weeks later. We also have, we, so we've taken some of those clips off the wall. We have the clips at the connect desk and we get them added. We have a marker. And if there's somebody else, you're like, I have a different one this year. We have, we had one guy come up to me in uh, 2019. He goes, I have a problem. He goes, every time I keep praying for somebody, they get saved. I'm like, what's the problem? He goes, well, I need more. He goes, well, I need more clips. I'm like, we can solve that problem. And so some of us have been adding more names. And so if you have somebody that you want us to believe that God is going to move in their life, go to the connect desk and write their name down, put it on the one. We exist for the one. In fact, usually once a month, we take a time at worship and we pray for our ones. We put a finger in the air. Who's your one? Do you have a one this year? Who's the one? Maybe it's the same as last year. Maybe it's somebody else. We hear stories after story of ones that come to Jesus. 
Why the one? Because Jesus was all about the one. A lot of the stories are about Jesus stopping in the middle of a crowd and going, hold on, there's someone who needs me right now. One girl that's sick. In fact, in Luke 15, he told three stories of a sheep and a coin and a son that were all lost. And the story had the same thing in common, that, that the, the story would stop and they would leave the things that were okay and found and go after the one. And Jesus invites us to that same. And, he, and he, his message is this. If you are so far lost, if you are so far gone, Jesus would leave the comfort and did leave the comfort of heaven to chase you down with his love in hopes that you might trust him to make your life the best it could possibly be. And so if you're here today or you're watching and that's never been you, you might be my one today. You might be Jesus' one, and we'd love to invite you into the family of God. And if you've already said yes to that, and he invites us on that same mission to go get and seek and save the lost. But as I mentioned, 2020 happened, and the pandemic happened, and, and there was social unrest, and there was political division like we've probably never seen, at least in our lifetime. And now we got cancel culture, and if you say one thing I don't like, you're out of my life forever. Super biblical, super biblical. But I, I, I'm here this weekend to remind us of three really important things. In fact, it's a call to action. Because when there's so many things change, our world looks so different than it did a year ago. In fact, I saw a post this week. This was the week that we announced the world shutting down and sports are over and you can't go to school and all these things. And, and so much changed in the last 12 months. And sometimes I've learned when so much change happens, it's important to focus and remember what hasn't changed. And some of us, I think, even the church and some of us Christians, we forgot who we were and what we were to be about. We forgot what the most important things were and we got swept up into the crazy chaos that was the world around us. And so um, while there was a lot of change, I just wanna remind you briefly of three things that did not change. Three things that did not change and three things that will not change here. And, and again, this is gonna help inform you if you wanna go where we're going, but three things that didn't change. 2020, three things that 2020 didn't change. Number one, 2020 did not change the gospel. Amen. The gospel doesn't look different because 2020 happened. His will is still that none should perish. Second Peter 3, 9. God's will is that none, say none. None, none should perish. That none isn't like none, like Catholic none. It means zero. When you think of none, none should perish. The hardest person in your world to love is a nun to Jesus, which means it could be a one to us. His will is that none should perish. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we read out of Mark chapter one, where Jesus, when he arrived, he announced, he's like, the time has come. I came to bring good news. The kingdom of God is here. I came to bring heaven on earth and let's push hell and evil and sin and nastiness out. It's here. The time has come. He's like, repent and believe the good news. He's inviting us to this. Good news. When I hear that good news, I think of a story, uh, of a recent story that happened here in our church, how God is using us. Story of Brian. Brian, if you hear him tell a story, he would tell you he grew up more Catholic than any Catholic person you've ever met. He said he was raised to be Catholic. Many people in his family were nuns. Um, he was, I mean, he was a third generation Knights of Columbus. He, was, he said, he goes, I am more Catholic than you could ever imagine. But because of the wife that he chose, they never accepted her in the Catholic church, but they stayed faithful. He said, I went through the extra things. I did all the rituals. I did everything they asked, but they wouldn't accept her. And then tragically, a couple years ago, he lost his wife and he was broken. And he did the things and he tried to come back and they just wasn't, weren't there for him. And he was like, he said, he goes, I was at a tough time in my life and he's lived in Cape Coral for 40 years. And he was in search of hope. And one day he just happened to find himself on our campus recently. Like, I was just looking for prayer. In fact, there was no prayer team. There was no pastor. It was one of our staff who has a relationship with Jesus, has the heart of God, and prayed with Brian. And he said, I felt like healing started in my, in my life. 
I felt like I was free. And he, he wrote it this way. I want to make sure I get this. He said, I began to feel healing. And he missed the services the next couple of weekends. But he said it was the first time he came and he, he was invited. He goes, if this is how this church is, I want to check it out. And he missed the next two weekends. And he said, for the first time in his life, he felt like he actually missed church and hated that he missed it. And he couldn't come back. And the next time he came back, he gave his heart and life to Jesus. And then on the anniversary, soon after he lost his wife, on his wife's birthday, he got baptized, declaring his faith in Jesus to everybody after 40 years of Catholicism. And Brian has some special needs. And so he went through growth track and said, how can I use my special needs to help others in special needs? So now he serves in our children's ministry in our special needs department using his gifts and his needs to help other kids who have the same gifts and the same needs. And he hasn't allowed his limitations to limit how God can use him because Jesus came with good news in his life. Brian needed something to change, and it did. See, 2020 is not going to change the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel is God has a plan for your life, and it doesn't matter how far gone you are, how many mistakes you've made, how guilty you feel, how shameful you feel, how many people have rejected you. The good news is that Jesus wants you, loves you, has a plan for you, and he can fix all the stuff that's broken in your life if you will trust him with your life. That is good news. And Brian is a walking example of that. So many others. I could tell you story after story about that. The gospel is still the gospel. I think the church needs to be reminded of that, that we're still supposed to be bringers of the good news. Second thing, 2020 didn't change. 2020 hasn't changed our vision. 2020 hasn't changed our vision. Hopefully you're getting tired of hearing this so much so that you almost have it memorized. But our mission, our vision is we exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them to become who God created them to be. And when we say that, we mean the fullest version, the fullest measure of who God created you to be. If you don't know Jesus, we want to help you walk in that relationship. If you do, we want to, it's called disciple you or train or develop you into the fullness of what God has in your life. This is the, the, the vision. This is what Jesus told us before he went to heaven. He told his disciples, he said, here's what I want you to be about. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, uh, he says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And here's my promise. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That has been our mission. It's been our vision for 20 or 35 years, and it hasn't stopped now. 2020 did not change our vision. It did not change our mission. Our mission is to reach people. And we have some codes. We'll say, we say things here like, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus. We're not willing to sin, but we're willing to get as crazy as we have to to reach. I, my mentor said that our job is to invade the gates of hell and pull people out of hell. That's, and that's what we are about. And so we welcome the mess. We welcome the chaos. We welcome those who are searching for this. I was sent this. This, is, this, is, this story is six weeks old. I have to read it to you. I will not do it justice. This is an email that came to the church. I've never been a churchgoer nor considered myself a Christian. After the new year, 2021, a friend of my wife suggested that we should attend a service at Cape Christian. My wife decided she would go and ask me if I wanted to come along. Watch this. I agreed as I have always been searching for God's grace, which I never seemed to find. Our first attendance was the very first Sunday service of 2021. Pastor Corey gave his first part to brand new, and I was moved by the idea of removing religion and moving away from the temple model and simply enjoying a relationship with Jesus. I decided after that service, I would give this charismatic pastor until the end of this fourth week. And I promised myself, my wife, and God that I would come with an open mind and an open heart and give Christianity the proverbial college try. 
I also decided to attempt a 21 days of prayer program for the next four weeks as I dedicated a good amount of my effort trying to understand and process all this new information. As I did, a curious transformation began in my heart and in my mind, and I found myself looking forward to going to church. My wife and I sat with my friend, who was a seasoned Christian, almost every night, and we discussed the day's devotional in the prayer booklet. We attended all four of the brand new series messages. The more I devoted to this journey, the more I wanted to continue on this new path. I continued every Sunday, and I also joined Alpha. I looked into Jesus' story through the Gospels by asking friends. I watched movies and documentaries. I found myself still craving grace. Come on, somebody. My wife and I attended the Mark Gungers Couples Comedy Weekend, and it renewed our relationship, followed up by the relationship series to bring something and come hungry, and I came hungry for more of God's grace. I recently joined Growth Track to bring something. I'm not sure what, but I can bring whatever there is because the hunger is definitely there. (laughs) Then CrossFit. And Lord knows I need to make improvements in my temple. (laughs) So honest. You and me both, brother. The sequence of events I experienced at Cape Christian beginning with some of the Sunday of the first Sunday of 2021 began to feel like I was, was a, began to feel like a church and a program designed solely for me. It was surreal as I began to feel like I was in my own version of the Truman Show that God had produced and rolled out just to show me how welcomed I am in his grace. I prayed. I have never considered myself a Christian, and I can't in good humor honestly claim I've ever really prayed or truly acknowledged God, but last Sunday I felt in my heart I was ready to be baptized and completely, or rather formally, let him into my life, as I am fairly certain I let him in, whether I knew it or not, sometime after the first Sunday service in 2021. Ah. I'm sorry this was trifly long-winded, but I felt the need to get this down in writing more for me than anyone else. Simply help the process and the scope of how much I have grown in my relationship with God over the past two months. Also, I wanted to express how instrumental Cape Christian has been in nurturing that growth. There's a reason why we drive an hour every week to come here. Twenty twenty isn't going to change that vision. I don't care how much social unrest, how much political unrest, how much panic, we gotta keep, there's too many of them out there. That's why we exist. Why did I spend so much time on a couple stories? Because every story matters to Jesus, including yours. And these represent lots of people who've come and more that maybe want to. And my third thing that 2020 can't and will not stop is 2020 cannot stop the church. It cannot. 2020 cannot stop the church. It can't. It will not. Matthew uh, 16, Jesus made a bold claim when he was talking to Peter. He says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There was not an option. These are the words of our savior. In fact, I would say that the church is needed now more than ever. I think hope is needed now more than ever. Community is needed now more than ever. Love and joy and inclusion and a place to be broken and figure things out is needed now more than ever. Healing is needed now more than ever. The statistics show it. Domestic violence is up, depression is up, divorce is up. You name every problem that fleshes itself out has been accentuated in 2020. I believe now it's the time to let the light shine. It's time to bring the hope of Jesus to a community that needs it. In fact, I, I would say it this way. I think the church is the last best hope of the world. When we do this right, when we follow Jesus and take him at his word, we are the last best hope of the world in all of our flaws and all of our brokenness. Because Jesus has the ability to do what nothing and no one else this world can offer. Can I tell you something that's staggering and is unbelievably motivating to me? Recent demographics show that 65% of Lee County and 65% of Cape Coral 
have no Christian affiliation whatsoever. Christian affiliation, what that, that, what that means is they don't know who Adam and Eve are. They don't know Noah's Ark. They don't know David and Goliath. They wouldn't know the Bible. So probably eight out of 10 of them don't go to church anywhere. That's two out of three. You want numbers? That's 133,000 people that live in our town have no idea who Jesus is and no hope. 133,000 people. That's 522,000 people just in Lee County. That means every time you go to Publix or Sam's or Home Depot or the beach or whatever, two out of three people are searching for God knows what, are hurting. They're maybe been searching for grace their whole life and haven't been able to find it. They're wondering, is there any place that will love me where I'm at and can help me? And, and, and is, is this God thing any, any real? And they're looking for some hope. And we have the answer. Not that we are the answer. We have the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so we want to prepare for more people. We want to have room for the growth. Cape Coral is, we're in the fastest growing part of the nation. We're coming out of the pandemic, at least here in Florida, we are. And I have so many more stories I don't have time to tell you, but I want to tell you, church, we still have work to do. It would be easy for us to coast. It would be easy for us to survive. It would be easy for us. But, but I, I, I know that God's will in his heart is that none should perish. And if I'm going to be like him, then that should bother me too. This 133,000 has been keeping me up at night. That means that probably some people on your block, some people at your work. That also means how many more people could we invite to a relationship with Jesus? That's a lot of ones. And if we're not going to be a part of reaching them, who is? You know what word I'm kind of tired of hearing? They. They should do something about that. They need to, guess what? Guess what? We are they. Jesus said that he's going to do the work, but we got to bring the message. His job is to, tr to, to, to change people's hearts, but we have to love enough to take a risk of rejection. Come to church. Can I pray for you? Have, you're invited. Come to my small group. What if they say no? What if they say yes? Well, how will that change their family legacy for generations? What if, how would that save their marriage? How would that bring the hope that they have? And so we as a board and we as a leadership team are confident that God is gonna continue to be who he's been and that if we continue to stay and that we are called to be who we've always been is to reach people who don't know Jesus and help them to be the fullest version of themselves and we're willing to go at a slow pace because God is loving and patient as well. And so our need is we need a bigger worship space. We not only need a bigger worship space, we need more kids space, we need a bigger youth space. And all of that, I, could, I, I will talk, I'm gonna talk a lot about this in our vision night this Tuesday. I really hope you'll come. But all of that saw, if we can build a bigger worship center, this can become our youth space and multi-facility. We can double the space over in our kids building and we can have the ability to reach a, a multiple, uh, I'm sorry, exponentially more people in our community through this church. And so we cast a vision uh, a year ago of a new building. In the meantime, the, the cool part is we kind of reworked it and came back and, and what was originally a $16 million project is now just over an $11 million project. For the, we, we have a building uh, with, with our current debt and this is the highest number we can get and that's with our compassion first and everything for $12 million. We can save almost $5 million. We can have a 1,200 seat auditorium right here on our campus. We, and that includes our current mortgage payoff. We can continue to be a place for our city. Go ahead and show some of the pictures of what this would look like. We, we wanna continue to be an inviting place that is for everyone. Go ahead, go through them. Next one. Next one, a nice lobby. We just wanna have a space that our city can use and people, we can introduce people to Jesus. And we believe the time is now. And so we need about $12 million. We need people who will invite. 
We need people who will serve. We need people who will believe. We need people who will pray. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago in my potluck message, it only works if we're all in. All we gotta do is just do our part. If everybody does their part, we can do this. And so we need to raise about $8 million minimum. We, we think we can borrow the rest if we have to, but it's gonna take all of us. And I'm asking you for the next two weeks, will you pray about partnering with us? There's a, 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 a card on every single one of your seats. It's a commitment card. We're asking for a three-year commitment. Would you give three years to sacrificing, three years to praying, three years to inviting? Would you contribute for three years to our For Everyone campaign so that we can continue to be a place for everyone where we can reach the Bryans and the Pauls and the Dennises and the Corys? Would you be able to, would you be so compelled by this to give, to pray, to serve? You know, we're not in so much different times than when Jesus lived. Jesus looked out on a crowd once and he saw the same thing. Matthew chapter nine says it this way. When, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. As a pastor, when I look around to my fellow Americans, my brothers and sisters, you know what I see? A whole bunch of people that are harassed and helpless. The, har the world around us is harassed. You feeling harassed? You feeling helpless? Guess what? There's a good shepherd, a good Lord, a good savior who wants to, to come into your life and literally change everything. Helpless. And so he told the disciples, because there's so many harassed and helpless, he says, the disciples, the harvest is beautiful, but the laborers are few. I believe the harvest is all around us. There is so much potential life change that God could do in our city and in our world, but it, it really is going to take all of us. And I want to invite you. Here is the ask on the weekend of March 27th and 28th, we're gonna bring all of our cards back, our commitment cards, and we're asking for you to pray the next two weeks. Talk as a family, talk as an individual, spouse, whatever, and, and, and ask God, just ask God, God, what would you have us do? What would you have us give? So that we can continue to see your good news, your message, your life change spread throughout our city and our world. We're gonna talk, we're gonna break this down and really get into it this Tuesday. But in two weeks, that's what we're going to do. Some of you are already doing this because we cast this a year ago. We're just going to keep doing it. But it's going to take all of us. And I'm not, so I'm asking for four things. I'm not just, I just, I'm not just asking for your money. I'm asking, would you, would you pray for this? Would you pray that your heart would become like God's, that you, that people going to hell and people that are experiencing brokenness in their lives, that that, that would bother you? Will you pray that God would help provide? Will you give? Will you give to this? We need everybody to do their part. It can be a one-time gift. You can do it yearly. You can do it monthly, whatever. Will you invite? Will you be a part of 133,000? Let's, let's make a dent on that. Let's, uh, I say we pull some, some paper clips off the, off the wall this year. What do you guys say? That's what we're about. Well, you got to pray and you got to invite. And then will you serve? Will you bring something and come hungry every single weekend? That's my ask of you. And so that's, the mission, that's the vision. The vision is we're gonna increase our capacity to reach more people and we need everybody to do their part. We're giving you a seat at the table. There's nobody that's perfect. There's nobody that, that has it all together and, and nobody has to do all the work. But I believe that God wants to, in the middle of all this chaos, bring his people together and show the world something the world doesn't have, which is unity, which is something greater than what's going on around us. And maybe, just maybe, we could continue to see moves of God and we could have stories like this week in and week out. Now, I would be remiss. We're going to pray in just a second, but I would be remiss. It would be wrong for me 
to ask for any of this, knowing that you may be sitting here for the very first time in a long time or ever in a church, you may be watching from somewhere around the world, whether live or, or later. And you're like, man, I, I'm like the guy who was looking for grace. I, I'm like the guy who felt like I couldn't find Jesus through the religion. I'm the one who's on the verge of losing it all. I, I don't know about, if that's you, I'm not asking for anything other than, would you wanna just give your life to Jesus today? Would you wanna open your heart and your life to allow him to transform you, to bring his hope and his life and his grace and his forgiveness? Maybe, just maybe, you'll experience the same grace as the story I just read for you. I believe that, that Jesus wants this. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I would love to pray for you. And you can say this prayer in your heart. My bigger ask would be that you would text Cape Yes to 94000 because I'm gonna connect with you. I'm gonna send you a video. We wanna walk you through this process. It's a process. It's a journey. We wanna welcome you into the family of God. And so I know I said, I want you to pray and I want you to give and I want you to invite and I want you to serve. But if you don't know Jesus and there's so much darkness and there's so much happening in your life and you need Jesus to come in and do for you what he's done for so many of us, I would love to pray with you as well. So I'm gonna ask everybody, if you're comfortable to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're online, you can text it. You can click on the banner if you're in person. If, you, if you're here and just say, Pastor, I, before I do anything, I just want to join the family of God. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I'm just going to pray for you really quick. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I see a hand. I see a couple hands. Just say this prayer in your own heart, in your own mind. Father, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience to never give up on me. I'm, I'm done trying the world's ways to fill my soul. I'm giving my life to you. Forgive me my mistakes. Make me new again. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. And God, for the rest of us, I pray that you would speak to us about what our role and our part is of this vision, this 2021 vision where we continue to see people come to know Jesus, where we serve and we pray and we give invite. Would you, would you, God, would you compel us? God, I will never use manipulation. I will never use guilt or shame. I just want your spirit to motivate and compel and say, I want to be a part of something bigger than me. We want to be a part of the Great Commission. God, I thank you that no matter what goes on around us, that the gospel hasn't changed, your love for us hasn't changed, that, that, that the mission of the church hasn't changed, and because of that, God, our vision isn't gonna change. And so we are a group of people saying, here we are, we are committed to you, committed to your cause. Thank you for never giving up on us, and thank you for having a place and a purpose for us in your kingdom and your family. God, now inspire us and empower us and equip us to go do it. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what we got for you this week. We'll see you guys next weekend for week three of CrossFit. God bless you.